Bursting from the water with a splash, exhilaration fills your body. From the tips of your downward pointing toes to the edge of your spread fingers as you emerge, dripping, the sun's light catching the drops of water as they spray around you, flung into the air as you break out with arms spread, shaking your head and wiping the water from your eyes. Gasping, inhaling the fresh air deep into the bottom of your lungs, you gaze at your surroundings bathed in bright sunlight. The light fluffy clouds against the expanse of azure blue sky. The slight swaying of the thick grove of evergreens on the shore. Hearing the whispering of the aspens as leaves flutter in the breeze. And hearing song sparrows making melody in their branches. Everything is fresh. It's great to be alive. It feels as though you've been below the surface forever. Yet in the grand scheme of things you know it hasn't been that long. While there, you felt the murky darkness of the deep waters, the lostness of barely knowing which way was up and which was down, and that split second of wondering whether you would ever find the surface. We have been in that mysterious place these last weeks. On the theme, Deep Calls to Deep, taken from Psalm 42, we explored the question of what we find in the deep places of our lives and our hearts whether we go there by choice or because we are driven there by circumstance. We explored the depths of the sea along with the story of Noah and the great flood and asked, who is Yahweh when the flood waters rise? On this first Sunday of Lent, we were called to deep relationship. We entered the deep woods and asked the questions, what will be your passion? What are you willing to give your life to, to suffer for? What will you build your life around? On the second Sunday of Lent, we were called to deep commitment. Then, easy to imagine, living in this land of living skies, we looked deep into the changing sky and learned that wisdom is appreciating the fullness of creation and our individual place within it. Joe raised the questions, what is my place underneath this great big sky? I belong here, but what am I supposed to do? Here we were called to deep wisdom. On the fourth Sunday, David and Ben led us into the wilderness, the place where we were pulled away from our comfort zone and our certainties became unsettled due to circumstances beyond our control, where our desperation was exposed and we felt afraid and vulnerable, pushed to our limits. In the wilderness, we were called to deep healing. Before we knew it, we were planted deep into the utter darkness of the soil, feeling ourselves sinking deep into the rich black earth as it folded in around us, sinking deep in surrender. On this fifth Sunday of Lent, we were called to deep growth. Then last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we had the chance to reflect on the currents that brought Jesus into Jerusalem. The celebratory energy of the crowds moving him forward and the current of God that shaped his entire life. Amy encouraged us to ponder the many currents of energy swirling through our own lives and to look for and feel the effects of God's current in the world. We were called to deep hope. Then just two nights ago, we gathered to remember the events of Good Friday and considered our complicity in what happened on that day. So it's been a journey a challenging journey through Lent that has caused us to look deep within our own hearts, to question anew and to 
and to pay attention to what we've discovered to be the deepest and truest parts of ourselves and our journeys with God. And yet the journey is not over. In some ways it has just begun, for today we are invited to enter the feast, to delve deeply into the feast, to be deeply nourished and to thoroughly enjoy every morsel. For a rich feast has been prepared for all peoples on the mountain of God. Today on this Easter Sunday, we are called to deep living. We know this resurrection story of Mary coming to the tomb. It is a familiar story. We imagine her in the last watch of the night under a sky just showing the first signs of a dove gray as it sheds the blackness. We hear her softly padding down the well-trodden path to the place of tombs. We are not sure if she is alone at this point. Other gospel, gospel writers indicate there are other women also moving in the shadows on their way, as was the Jewish custom, to anoint the body of the Jesus they have loved. It is their first opportunity to do the anointing since yesterday was the day of observing the Sabbath. The sky is getting lighter now as she pulls her cloak around her in the chilly early morning air. As she nears the tomb, she realizes that the stone covering the opening is rolled off to the side. Something is clearly amiss here. Turning, she sets out on a run to tell Simon Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved that Jesus has been taken from the tomb and she has no idea where his body has been laid. The two disciples set off on a run to see for themselves and finally finding only the grave clothes neatly folded, they return home in fear and amazement. But Mary, Mary stays weeping beside the tomb. Such confusion, such grief, such deep sorrow. Even as she weeps, we read, she stoops to peer inside, and there she sees two angels in dazzling robes, one seated at the head and one at the foot of the place where Jesus' body had lain. They ask her why she is weeping. Then as she turns around, she sees someone standing near her. She presumes he is the gardener. Who else would be here? He too asks her, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? I'm sure there is pleading in her voice as she responds, please, if you're the one who carried Jesus away, tell me where you've laid the body and I will take it away. And here is the moment, the moment of great realization as Jesus speaks her name, Mary. One word said with great love and compassion, Mary. As she recognizes this voice calling her name, she knows in an instant that great turning point from utter despair to a flood of great joy. Today is Easter Sunday. That turning point has come. It is a day when we turn from the depths to recognize our creator, the one who wants to call us by name. It is the day of coming out of the woods to discover new meaning for our lives. It is a day of commitment and discovering the wisdom of the heavens, that there is one far, who is far greater and that our purpose lies far beyond ourselves. Today is the day of resurrection, a day of restoration, a day of moving out of the dry wilderness into healing and fullness of life. A day to grow into all we were each meant to be. To allow ourselves to be carried by the divine current of deep hope. 
Hope has been sparse in our world this past year. Fear has consumed both our waking moments and our dreams. Anxiety has risen like the inevitable tide. I don't need to name any causes. We are well aware of those. Anger over injustice, frustration both real and imagined has abounded. Grief and sadness have been profound. I cannot, of course, promise that any of these will go away. In fact, being what it is, life will likely continue in much the same pattern with its ups and downs, its ebbs and flows. But the resurrection promise is that good will overcome evil, that triumph will, that love will triumph over hate. It is the promise that no matter our circumstances, peace can rise above our fear and hope can emerge beyond our sorrow. Some of us may feel we live life in the deep end. We know the wilderness well. We have seen the bottom of the pit. We have been to the depths of the sea. But as a well-known poet has said, we may also have discovered that there is life also at the bottom of the ocean. And if you've done any deep sea diving or watched My Octopus Teacher, a documentary I learned about in one of our breakout groups, you will recognize that life in the depths of the sea is nothing short of mind-blowing. The same is true if you explore the myriads of microbes or the many-legged creatures in the soil or the expanse of the universe, the unimaginable vastness of it. Can you picture it? Incredible. When we look beyond ourselves, we discover the wonderfully amazing diversity in all of creation. We are called to deep living. In God and in Christ, we discover the way to live and to live abundantly. How do we do that? Author Matthew Kelly has these thoughts to share. Whatever room you give God in your life, he says, God will fill with unimaginable things. Whatever space we make for God in our heart, in our soul, in our life, God will fill. And your heart and your soul and your life will be better for allowing God in and allowing God to fill those spaces. We fill our hearts, we fill our minds, we fill our lives with so much junk. Our lives are so full of stuff that adds no value, or worse than that, takes away from our mission to become the best version of ourselves that we can be. The best version of ourselves, to be all that God created us to be. He goes on, Sometimes I talk to people, you know, and they seem confused. They seem, seem lost. And I ask them, what is it that you really want? And they don't seem to know. And sometimes someone will ask me, how do I work out what I really want? How do I work out what God is really inviting me to? There are a lot of ways to work that out, but I think in the midst of our busy, crazy, crowded lives, one way is to clear things out of our lives. If we don't do that, there's no room in our, life, in our lives for all the good things that we need and that we want. All the good things that we need and want and that God wants to give to us, that God wants to bring into our lives. He says, I talk about the secret of happiness. I talk about this all the time. We hear about this all the time. Do you wish to know the secret of supreme happiness? Strip aside everything in your heart and set aside all in your life that makes you less available to God. 
the joy we experience in this life is proportional to how available we make ourselves to God. We need to make ourselves 100% available to God. How available are you to God at this time in your life, he asks. 20%, 50%, 80%, 96.4%. What is the risk? What have you got to lose? Why not make yourself 100% available to God? And let's see what happens. If you pray that prayer, something incredible is going to happen because never in the history of the world did God not use someone who, was one, who made themselves 100% available in very, very powerful ways, end quote. Now, maybe that almost sounds like an altar call, but like Mary, Jesus calls us each by name. And Jesus calls us into abundant life. We are called into deep living. In God and in the risen Christ, we discover the way to live, the truth and the abundant life, the feast which is offered to us freely. Today is the day of resurrection, a day of celebration. It is a new day, a hope-filled day. And we are invited to burst from the depths of wherever we have been in our lives. God's welcoming, unconditional, all-inclusive love has set us free, and God speaks our name with great love and calls us, warmly invites us, to enter the feast of meaningful and abundant living. Everything is rich, everything is fresh, it is plentiful, and it's incredible to be alive. So let us arise and ascend to the mountain, for on this mountain, says Isaiah, Yahweh Omnipotent will prepare for all peoples a banquet of rich food, a banquet of fine wines, food rich and succulent and fine aged wines. And in gratitude, we proclaim with the psalmist, I thank you, Yahweh, for your goodness. Your love is everlasting. Let Israel say it. Your love is everlasting. This is Yahweh's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day. Yahweh has made. Let us celebrate with joy. Amen. And if you have any bread and juice or whatever you have at hand, now's the time to get those ready. And if you don't have anything um, to eat or drink, that's fine. You can just follow along in your imagination or in whatever way you are able. We have heard the story of the empty tomb, the resurrection. We have felt the wonder and disbelief. We have spoken the words and sung the songs and felt the emotions. And we've wondered what it all means for us today and tomorrow. For Easter is not only a story that happened, but a story that happens again and again, as ordinary as bread and wine, as miraculous as bread and wine. For resurrection is everywhere. Please pray with me the prayer of affirmation. From the depths of the earth below, to the depths of the heaven above, to the depths of our hearts within, we give thanks in celebration, God of life. Once weeping, now proclaiming, 
We have seen the Christ. Once famished, now feasting. This is the God for whom we have waited. Once divided, now convicted. Jesus Christ is the final word. Through the whole journey, through the laughter and the tears, through the searching and the finding, we bear witness. Christ is risen indeed. Family of God, just a few nights ago, on the night before Jesus was crucified, we shared a meal together with Jesus. As you remember, during the meal, Jesus took bread. He lifted it up with thanksgiving. And as he blessed the bread, he broke it and shared it with us. Creator of life indestructible, we are amazed at this goodness. The bread of life, your gift to us. Bread that not only fills our bodies, but also transforms our hunger into the fullness of life in your spirit. We are so glad to be part of this feast. Amen. This bread, Jesus said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat and remember. I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise shall always be on my lips. My soul shall glory in the Lord. For God
You do remember that same night not long ago, Jesus also took a cup of wine, the best wine, and again he lifted it up in thanksgiving, and he blessed the wine and shared it with all of us. God of the resurrection, you are in both sides of this mystery. Blood that is poured out, but not lost. A cross that is beautiful, yet wonderful. Brutal, yet wonderful. A grave that is empty, but also full. As we drink this cup and claim this mystery for ourselves, fill us with your spirit of love and peace and joy and life everlasting. Amen. This cup is the lifeblood of a whole new way of being, Jesus said. This is my blood poured out for forgiveness, for grace, for wholeness. Take and drink and remember.
a blessing from Jan Richardson. And the table will be wide, and the welcome will be wide, and the arms will open wide to gather us in, and our hearts will open wide to receive. And we will come as children who trust there is enough, and we will come unhindered and free, and our aching will be met with bread, and our sorrow will be met with wine. And we will open our hands to the feast without shame. We will turn towards one another without fear. And we will give up our appetite for despair, and we will taste and know delight. And we will become bread for a hungering world. And we will become drink for those who thirst. And the blessed will become the blessing and everywhere will be the feast. Amen.